0: You're not alone. Whether you're concerned about your weight, your energy level, or lack of sex drive, or hormone imbalance, solutions are waiting for you at Nava Health. With a technology-driven approach, Nava's medical experts craft custom plans that adapt as you progress, optimizing your health. Start feeling better now at navacenter.com forward slash P-O-D. That's N-A-V-A center dot com forward slash P-O-D. Or call 855-680-6282. Results may vary.
1: Every day...
2: Hey, Tara Strong here, and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network.
1: Will these infernal setbacks never end. The revolution begins now. The name's Swindle. I'm what you might call an intergalactic arms dealer. And thanks to you, I now have in my possession the slickest weapon in the galaxy. My name is Optimus Prime, and this episode of Transformation Animation Podcast features Stephen C. Phillips, Mike Blanchard, and Michael Wilson.
2: Ah, the universal
1: green. grana, bomb.
3: Mmm, I got the AW cream soda. I'm so happy.
4: Hello and welcome to episode nine of Transformation. Hey, Animation. Oh God! God damn it! You screwed it up. I'm sorry. Creaming all over the soda. Anyway, you know all about
3: stash today. So.
4: <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode nine of Transformation Animation Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steve, Joe, and Mike. Joining me is Steve Megatron. Hello. Hello. And Pecan Court Michael. Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's going. So, Steve, what have you been up to in the two weeks that this show has been on break because of, you know, my injury and every other friggin' thing that's happened?
5: Uh, dealing with uh, the audition process of the uh, Behind the Voice Actors actor voice-out contest. Which
4: that show needs to be called Voice Wars.
5: Yeah, well, me and... Kevin didn't exactly agree on the name. Uh, it was the founder that chose the name, so we are kind of like uh, SOL. Yeah.
4: Shin Evans. What have you been up to, Michael?
5: I've been
3: sick. <laughs> so sick. Deadly I think you're neurotoxin- making
4: that up at this point because you were sounding fine two minutes ago. <laughs> Well, and anything yeah. is better than the way you sounded in a couple of TFG one episodes. I think it was at seventeen or nineteen. I think it was episode seventeen when we did Five Faces of Darkness. You sounded like the living dead. I, I may have been working through like
3: pneumonia at that point. <laughs> no, I you know, I, I got uh I think my my mother-in-law had it and then my wife had it and now I've got it uh it's just been going around I'm just a little stuffy now I was miserable over the weekend I thought I was gonna die (laughs) but uh right now I'm just you know like I said a little stuffy a little scratchy
4: I'm um I'm I'm recovering
3: would be the term. yes
4: and in addition to myself watching the episodes for today I've also been watching free stuff from shout factory which I cannot talk about until later so we're gonna get into some episodes
1: I admit, you had me going there, Prowl. But then I thought,
4: hey,
1: it's not your style to do something crazy like go after Starscream all by your... So, Prowl! Oh, exactly what line of junk code is scrambling your software? I pinpointed the Allspark signal. It's coming from the wreck of the Decepticon warship. This confirms my theory. Starscream must be here. That's no reason to go after him on your own! A protoform would know better! Turn that shuttle around now! With all due respect, this is an ideal reconnaissance mission for a single stealthy Autobot. You misunderstand me. That wasn't a request! What's going on with you, Prowl? This isn't like you. I've seen it before. A bot gets a new modification, and suddenly he thinks sludge don't stick to his tailpipe. Uh, rats? (coughs) right? can't hear you. There (coughs) must be (coughs) interference in the sickle. (coughs) Call you. I. Personally, I've always found Bumblebee's fake static to be a lot more
3: convincing.
5: That's what they call a boob tube. (laughs) Oh. oh, oh.
3: That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to pull out Prowl and his samurai armor for this episode. So he could sit on my desk.
5: (laughs) Is he cross-legged or wide open? First up today is a
4: fistful of Energon. Prowl goes off on his own to capture the fugitive Starscream. After the latter escapes from the Elite Guard's custody, deciding the only way to do this is to team up with Lockdown, Prowl gets caught up with Lockdown's upgrades and intentions. Um, hmm. I will say the little note that that the wiki does have, and uh, obviously the title for the episode is a playoff of uh, A Fistful of Dollars. And to further the joke, Lockdown wore a poncho similar to the one that Clint Eastwood wore in the movie, The Man With No Name.
3: That is just ridiculous.
4: (laughs) What? that he has a poncho <laughs> well he has a ro- yeah yeah it was like, he's a robot why does he need clothing
3: well that's yeah, true it's like is he gonna get cold <laughs> uh, you know is, is that a disguise yeah it, it, seriously it's like how much fabric would be required to coat a 20 foot tall robot
4: <laughs> I don't know ask Dark of the Moon Megatron yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
3: I was also gonna say uh uh Armada Scavenger. The first time you oh. see him, he's wearing he's wearing this giant ass poncho and he's gotta be forty foot tall.
4: Armada doesn't count. I know, I know. It does not I mean, exist. Aside
3: from making him look like Cliff Eastwood. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's there's just no reason for it.
4: Uh, I actually really enjoyed Prowl's fake static. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Personally, right.
3: I've always found Bumblebee's fake static to be a lot more convincing.
4: <laughs> I
3: thought Prowl's was pretty good. <laughs> I thought it was funny that he actually tried to pull that off. Yeah. <laughs> this whole episode is, let's see how unProwlish we can make Prowl.
4: Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is so far out of out of his character scope. I mean, this is just like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I love Ratchet, and he goes crazy. I love Ratchet when he's scolding Prowl about the upgrades and the mods and everything else, and Prowl transforms, and Ratchet's like, "Is that sidecar really necessary?" (laughs) Does he say that? Yes, that's what Ratchet says. Oh. The sidecar is the best part. Yeah. Um, uh, Ramjet and Skywarp clones. Oh my god! The Skywarp clone is so hilarious. <laughs> now I didn't think these were
3: like Skywarp because one is like well, fuchsia colored, the... and one's it's... maroon and gray. They don't. They don't have like regular secret Jet colors.
4: But they have the homage colors. That's the that's the point. The homage to who? Skywarp and Ramjet. Uh,
3: Skywarp is black and purple.
4: Right, and that one was black and purple slightly. He was more grayish than he was black, but he was still purple. Black? He was no. That was a fuchsia.
3: <laughs> he was a fuchsia color. That is not purple.
4: But my point is they have the personalities that the clones of Starscream will have later of Skywarp and Ramjet.
3: Oh uh, see so, you know, I, I kinda I don't think so. I'm not entirely sure. Try- I, I, I wanna say one of them was, you know, kind of a scaredy cat Starscream. And one of them was the Turncoat Starscream.
4: And that's that's what the Ramjet and the Skywarp clone, when we sh- see them later, that's their personalities.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Okay, I'll have to go back and look it up. But uh, yeah, these
3: are definitely not colors that we've seen before.
4: I like them. They're
3: okay. I'm not a I big of I like fan them almost a lot
4: better than I like Starscream's colors. I, I don't know, I just never really liked Starscream's colors in this series. Really? I don't yeah. know why. Mm-hmm. It's more know. so his, his alt mode that I don't really care for the colors, rather than his robot mode.
3: See, um, I like the maroon and gray. That's kind of nice. Cool. It looks kind of Star Screamish, but at the same time, just off enough to kind of make him look like a, like a Ramjet. Yeah. But Ramjet's more of a maroon and white. Yeah. So it's like, eh, maybe, maybe. But yeah, I uh, I like the direction they're going in, where Starscream is Starscream, and all the other different color Seeker Jets are clones of Starscream that have a tiny sliver of his personality granted to them by the 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 all-star fragment. (laughs) Yay,
4: Prowl learned his lesson, blah blah blah, and that was when he handed Ratchet the EMP gen back uh, well, I, I'm glad that – I don't – again, this is what pisses me off about any series like this. It doesn't matter what it is. If you have a character a certain way and then you basically take away all of their character development to get the – I mean, honestly, the the upgrades and mods, you could equivalent that to drug use. I mean, seriously. You know, or, or steroids, yeah. or you know, some, uh, yeah, something exactly. that, that is inappropriate. You could so, equivalent it to something and that they build. The end, a de- they build a, a, a dependence upon. Yeah,
3: to their to their own detriment.
4: Yeah, exactly. And and then at the end, he's like, "Yes, I know better, but it's the only way." Blah 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 blah. blah and we got the job done. Don't call me again. Lock down. Da 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 Unless you want to be turned in. And Ratchet here. Here's your EMP gen. I don't need it anymore. Yeah. Uh, But still, it's like, why can't you keep one... Like, once you have a character developing on a path, why can't you just keep that character development going instead of having to take stuff away from that character development? I think that this
3: particular episode, it leads into another episode later on down the road that we won't get get too deep into. But the idea here is this is his first instances... his His first... Instance with mod the abuse.
4: The upgrades, yeah. The mod well, use, yeah, yeah. Mod
3: abuse, we'll call it. You know, because yeah. we we'll, we'll call it. Yeah, we're we're just tying in the drug angle, but so he's yeah. abusing these mods and not yes. being himself. And and what he finds out later is as uh, he remembers the training that he received that uh, it's not the robot. I'm sorry. It's not the mods that make the robot. It's the so, robot that makes the yeah. robot. Yeah. So.
4: It's not the mods that make the robot, it's the robot that makes the mods. It's not always that you have it's not how you it's not what weapon you use, it's how you wield the weapon.
3: Right. And then as he learns that, at that point it makes it okay for him to keep the helmet and the yeah. shields and the jump jets and the you know.
4: Well, at the time and and we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but that was specifically his master's that, that I I don't think that that wasn't the same helmet as what he had here. I don't. You think. know the, the
3: the thing is though it they look very very similar. They
4: do look very similar. I will agree to that. And yeah. that
3: when he, when he eventually gets his master's helmet, and we are getting ahead of ourselves, but when he does, yeah. he looks the same as he does now. Yeah, true. So it's like this. Yeah, you know, and my question was, it is he wearing the helmet of of Yokitron, his master? Yeah, because I would be surprised that Prowl didn't recognize it and go, "Holy crap, you've got the helmet of Yokitron! Yeah. I want that! I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep this!" Yeah. You know, instead, he just kind of throws it away with his uh, busted shield at the end of the episode. And oddly enough, the whole, the whole, the whole ensemble shows up again <laughs> uh, for him to take back from from <laughs> lockdown.
4: The maybe the episode. maybe the G1 Junkions repaired it. <laughs> exactly. They smear, yeah. they
3: smear the, the cleaner on it. Like, oh, look, it's shining now. Yeah.
4: And then my final note was, uh, of course, and and Steve will probably do it better a- as that character, but uh, begun this Clone War has. Because <laughs> at the end of the episode, they show all the Starscream and all his many clones up on the moon.
3: Yes. Do it, Steve. Do it. <laughs> Begun the Clone Wars has.
5: What do you got for this one, Steve? Um, Well, I like the decked out prowl. I'd have to say I like that a lot better than his standard look.
3: Yeah. Uh, and it's funny that all of that fits into a sidecar.
5: Yeah, I know. It's just, it's just so odd. It's like Prime's trailer combining with Prime and yet there's not that much there in that sidecar. But it covers every square inch of him.
4: I'm surprised the sidecar, or the armor, doesn't just... I don't know.
3: Huh.
4: I, I was trying to work in a joke about Prime's trailer. How every time Optimus transforms, it disappears. Of it course, unfortunately, you can't use that with Prowl, because it's actual armor that goes on his body. You would think it would turn him into like
5: a four-wheeler. <laughs>
4: That would be awesome, actually.
5: Instead of that sidecar that looks lame as hell, turn it into a freaking four wheeler. (laughs) Just run everything over.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess?
0: In my dentist's office
5: Here, let me throw my sidecar at you. I hate
4: to go this route,
5: and Let's I know... let put sorry in my sidekick bar. Come on, Robin, that's... Oh, wait, wrong franchise.
4: Well, the, the franchise that I was going to make a joke about is because I watched an episode recently where they got a motorcycle with a sidecar is... Uh... In uh, Power Rangers Zeo, Bulk and Skull have a motorcycle with a sidecar, and that's the first thing I thought of when I saw Prowl's sidecar. I'm like, yeah, Bulk's not going to fit in Prowl's sidecar.
3: <laughs> I don't know this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I disown him.
5: <laughs> yes, and uh, I would say that the Dinobot part... Is kind of uh, useless. I understand why they had it in there, but it's still kind of useless. As the Dinobots have done I about
4: that, but I don't even remember what that. Like I made a note of Grimlock go boom. I didn't mention it because <laughs> I honestly don't remember. And I just watched these episodes like three days ago from when we're recording this. I don't remember what the hell happened with the Dinobots in the beginning of this episode. I don't either. I've got a note here. This says, "Me Grimlock pissed." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what was
3: Grimlock pissed? I don't even remember that now.
5: They uh, bulkhead and Prowl went there because the Dinobots were getting out of hand.
4: Oh, I know what it is. Oh. Okay, I remember now. Yeah. What it was was the Dinobots were rampaging supposedly, and what happened was that's why Prowl needs the. E- that's why Prowl has the EMP gen in the first place because. Optimus sent them to Dinobot Island to basically EMP knock out the DinoBots because they've been rampaging. The whole reason why they were rampaging was because Grimlock got a poor little spike stuck in his foot.
3: I think the spike was supposed to be in his foot as opposed well, to it just was, in it was between stuck his toes. In
4: between his toes.
5: Gorilla warfare, anybody? <laughs> All loads lead back to the low road. I'll blow yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, low road. To the, uh... <laughs>
4: yeah, but that's why, now I remember, that's why the Dinobots were in the episode, is because uh, they were supposedly rampaging stuff. Yeah, I remember now.
3: Okay, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, because you have to get the, the mod on Prowl in order yeah. to make the rest of the episode Yeah. work
4: yeah just think of the Dinobots in this in this episode in the first part is almost like not saying the Dinobots are nowhere near as bad as the human villains but the Dinobots appearance in this is basically almost like angry archer robbing Wyatt toys
3: <laughs> professor princess robbing Wyatt uh, toys
4: no she would just blow it up yeah
3: yeah them, them yucky uh, violent toys they all must be destroyed
4: Yes, anyway, we'll get to that eventually. Oh, God. (laughs)
5: Steve? (laughs) Yes.
4: Um, Anything else for Fistful of Inner John, Steve?
5: (laughs) Um, I like that Lockdown came back, but and pretty much the only thing notable about this episode are the massive clone army. Yeah. But they pretty much took that from the comics, the Dreamwave comics of the Starscream clones. Oh, did they? Yeah, because they had that whole plotline in there.
4: Well, you know, and again, I, I have to commend Animated with their melding of all the different franchises, because as I said way back when Soundwave was introduced, that was a very interesting way to introduce Soundwave. The whole clone thing now, as we'll see later, is a very interesting way to introduce the rest of the seekers instead of just having them show up as their actual characters, but just doing their personalities the way that they have done them in this series, I really like how they were introduced. I mean, it's not like, oh, hey, here's this character, this character, and this character. They were hiding on Cybertron, and now they're here on Earth. So I, I like the whole clone thing. I think it's a very interesting plot point. Yeah. I agree. Yep. What do you got, Michael? Uh,
3: I like that uh, Starscream is too valuable to the plot to keep locked up on Omega Sentinel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they, yeah. So it's like, wasn't he just captured And Oh, there he goes. <laughs>
4: He's
3: like, see ya, suckers." <laughs> Starscream out. <laughs> and he flies away through space. Uh i like the mention of the five banners roller coaster kingdom <laughs> yeah that's how they conveniently get rid of uh, sorry and bumblebee for this episode Yep, and it makes me wonder if, if uh tara strong and bumper robinson actually had vacation this week because they don't show up at all in this episode you mean right in this episode i don't i don't think their voices were used at all in this episode because hmm. normally, you know, if you don't hear Sari talk very much, you're still going to hear Tara. She's still either in the yeah, background she's or she's the computer. Some... Yeah. Exactly. She's somewhere. But uh, but not in this one. But they covered all their amusement park bases there. They've got, yep. you know, the Six Flags. They've got the United Kingdom. They've got... uh Oh, what was the other one? The... Uh, oh, that was the third one. It's like Kings Crossing or something.
4: Kings Island. Kings yeah.
3: Island. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was funny. I'm like, you know, the writers are sitting in a room for like five hours thinking, what can we call this amusement park? <laughs> Let's brainstorm this for a while. We're all getting paid. Yep. Uh, Prowl discovers the value of bonus upgrades. With the, he starts off with the EMP generator. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he just, he just gets a. a chip on his shoulder or something and i like the way that ratchet describes it he says you know he gets a couple mods and suddenly thinks that sludge don't stick to his (laughs) tailpipe just you know that had me completely rolling because it's like i can translate that (laughs) i know know what you're talking about (laughs) It's <laughs> like, okay, Prowl gets some upgrades and now he doesn't need toilet paper. You know, and I am
5: giggling, <laughs> oh. giggling like he doesn't need air freshener. Because <laughs> exactly. his shit don't stink. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Uh but uh
3: you know, again, Prowl completely out of character. Well, I don't want to say Prowl completely out of character here. He sneaks off on his own. And he hasn't pulled one of those since early in season one. Mm-hmm. Where he's just like I know what I'm doing. I'm heading out, you know. And Optimus has to chastise him because he's not being a team player. I mean, he's been pretty good up until now. So the question is, you know, is it him being him, or is it him being, you know, early season one? Is he relapsing? But he takes off in a shuttle and goes to the moon. And I sent, I sent you the link uh, of the uh, the Portal Two space sphere.
4: Yeah.
3: because uh, that was what my notes said. It's Prowl in space. Oh. Prowls in space going space.
4: Space Yeah, space. if you would if if you had sent me a link to something like pigs in space, I would have got the <laughs> reference a hell of a lot better.
3: You know, yeah, because you've never played Portal 2. <laughs> exactly. But the whole the whole space sphere, his whole shtick is I'm in space, I'm in space, this is awesome, I'm in space.
4: <laughs>
3: and it, you know, prowls in space. Uh, probably one of my favorite quotes from this episode is Starscream uh, he says you call this a fight? I'll rust before someone wins and I'm in a vacuum because <laughs> 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 things don't rust in a vacuum that's you have, funny has to be oxidized with oxygen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> moving right along that one just went over like a Led Zeppelin Uh <laughs> I'd like to take a moment to say how awesome Lance Henriksen is.
4: Oh, he is so he, yes, yes, he yes. is so
3: awesome. Lockdown is is every time I see him, it, it's it's a treat. But lockdown, is, you know, it's it's weird here. I've got I've got the greater than sign in my notes, and this is going to look really good on Twitter. But lockdown is greater than Bumble or Bumblebee is greater than Boba Fett. In the grand mm-hmm. scheme of Bounty Hunters. Lockdown uh-huh. is better than Boba Fett. Well, I don't hear anybody jumping to my defense here. They're I didn't kind of see
4: that. We know that Lockdown is better than Jango Fett because Lockdown didn't get decapitated.
5: <laughs> but Boba Fett got <laughs> swallowed by a big... Perry testicles in the ground, so
4: it,
3: it's like a giant vagina in the sand, and <laughs> it just
5: and it just swallowed him whole.
3: <laughs> know, you're not gonna see Lockdown being eaten by you know, no. fresh gash in the sand.
5: No, it was like, No, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, I'm down here, baby,
3: and I'm not gonna be digested for a thousand years. Lockdown would not go down like that.
5: You take lube first.
4: <laughs> why? Why is Billy D. Williams flashing into my head? Hold on to me, hon. Like, oh god, that whole—I I can. Oh god, I can see that whole fucking scene now, and go I go into much, the light. That's right. Hey, A yeah. hire! Well, That's higher. what she said. That's what she said. I'm slipping. Oh. That's what she said.
3: <laughs> so yeah, lockdown's better than Boba Fett. Okay. Yeah, that that whole section there is just gonna need editing because no, now,
4: it's not. That it didn't come out right at all. We um, haven't had a lot of comedy like that since Beast Unleashed, so that's staying in.
3: <laughs> uh oh noes! Sneaky mod enhanced Prowl broke some eggs, and this is referring to you know here he he Prowl is all about nature, you know, and and at the beginning yeah. of the episode he's. Uh, very careful to put the, the nest of baby birds back in the tree Yep. and at the end of the episode well at the end of the episode it fi- he finds that he has not only smashed a tree <laughs> but the nest he's and the
4: eggs the nest,
3: yeah, yeah he tore up the nest as well
4: and you would think and that's one of my main gripes about his, his character in this episode you would think that that would you know, regardless of what lengths you have to go to catch a Starscream clone, you would think that that harsh of a reality coming to him with his, how he has been throughout this entire series, you'd think that that would wake him the fuck up, but no. Well, I think
3: that was the wake-up call, but he, at this point, he's too far invested. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it was no, the wake-up
5: call, I, but nobody was home. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel really bad about
3: the, you know killing the birds, but at the same time, we gotta get this done, you know. Yeah. And after he, you know, to his credit, after he gets things done, he hands the mods back. Yeah. That's uh I like the uh pair of uh Starscream clones having the bombs in their chest. <laughs> I'm gonna pull out another Star Wars reference. Do it, Steve. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> we're gonna have to dig up that sound clip and stick that in there. It's a trap because Akbar never gets old.
4: You know, the funny thing is, there was another. I don't think it was for this podcast. It was for some other show I was doing, and I actually went on YouTube searching for that quote. Could not find a decent audio version of it. Well, the
3: problem is, is there's a. Uh a goodly chunk of that John Williams score going on in the background.
4: And no, no. What I'm saying is, is like either it's somebody recording it off their TV through a video. kit. Like it, it isn't a direct transfer to YouTube. It isn't like, you know, somebody put it through video processing beforehand. It's every one that I found was just a completely shitty sounding video. Hmm. Well, they've
3: so, got it out on Blu ray now, so we can get that, dig it up.
4: Oh, yeah. Let's not go there. <laughs> oh, God.
3: Blu-ray. Yeah. So the uh, Starscream clones are deliberately blown up, so we won't be seeing those uh, aspects of Starscream's emotions again. Oh, yes, or, we will. Or will we? Yeah. <sighs> not sure. But the, the whole resolution to that has you know basically strapping rockets to them and sending them out into into the sky to blow up harmlessly over the city hasn't that been done like 3 times already yeah pretty much that that seems to be the go to th- well aside from using sari's key to fix everything that seems to be the go to solution
4: the only other time I can remember off the top of my head is when Bumblebee used his boosters and he was then skyrocketing to the earth and turned into a repaint of Cliffjumper. But I know it's been used a couple other times besides that one time. Well, there's
3: that. There was a uh, um, Home is Where the Spark Is, where the the oil cans are going to explode. Yeah, and I don't think they used a rocket. I think I think that was uh, Ratchet. That was
4: the Bumblebee episode.
3: Was it? Yep. Oh, nanosec was the bumblebee episode.
4: Oh, that's okay. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. Home is where the spark is. Is I think Ratchet uses electromagnetizer thing.
4: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
3: Throw them up high enough. Yeah. Either that, either that or or bulkhead threw them. I don't remember.
4: I don't remember.
3: Uh, yeah, they, they, they they've done it a couple of times. Yep. So anyway,
4: space.
2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Nice. Anything else that's relevant to this episode for this one? I don't deal in relevancy. Okay. <laughs> so are we done with a fistful of energon? I think we are. Yeah. All right. We're gonna move on.
2: me slow-mo. Whether you know it or not, you've already seen what I'm capable of. This time piece of mine can slow down anything electromechanical. You name it. Alarm systems, police cars, autobots.
1: So it was you who got those creeps off our tails?
2: Let me see that
1: timepiece.
2: Sure, take a long, slow look. Pretty nifty, eh? In case you were wondering, this is what reversed the aging process on your turbo suit. Freshened you up, put back that youthful pep in your step. You did that? For me? Mm, I'm a big fan of your work. All of your work. That's why I gathered you together, routed you up, roped you into the big brand opening. I used to have a dead-end job right here in this factory. Eight hours a day, sticking quartz crystals into clocks. And one day I came across this strange crystal right away I had something special, something unique, something that would pay off big time. Yeah,
1: <laughs> big time.
2: Good one. Oh, you're quick. I like that. But let's be honest, I'm an amateur, not like the rest of you. That's why I helped you get away from those Autobots. And invited you here. I figured we could work together as a crime syndicate.
1: Hmm, a most intriguing proposition. A veritable band of not-so-merry men. And ladies, we're going to need a cool name. How about the fast and the villainous? Crime time. The League of Extraordinary Criminals!
2: Why well, not a criminal? I just want to stop all those naughty, violent poison and games. And who are the ones always stopping you? The Autobots, that's who. You know what they say, kid. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yucky Robots! We'll destroy them all! <laughs>
4: Up next is SUV Society of Ultimate Villainy, under the orders of a mysterious benefactor, Angry Archer, Nanosack, Professor Princess, oh god, and a new villain woman called Slowmo, band together to defeat the Autobots. The Autobots soon discover that the SUV's mysterious benefactor is the Decepticon arms dealer Swindle. He promises to reward the villains handsomely if they gain some technical devices for him. Then he is using these devices to create the weapon which can make any machine motionless, including the Autobots. Nanosec, uh, Professor Princess can go die in a fire. (laughs) Twice. Yes.
3: Even I Uh, got a little sick of Professor Princess this time around.
4: Thank Professor God! Princess About fucking die. time you came to your fucking senses. Well, you know, the last couple—well, last time she showed up, she had maybe one
3: line, and yeah. now she's got like twenty. And it occurs to me that she has this this horrible lisp. <laughs> it's she just does. like, oh my god, I, I can't stand listening to her speak. It's horrible, and she well, won't shut you up. Came
4: around to the hatred of Professor Princess.
3: <laughs> well, not full on hatred. I mean, how much can you hate someone who rides around on a? a flying unicorn named Powdered Sugar. That's just an awesome very concept right there. No, that's, like that's, a vil-
5: not- that's like a villain you'd see in Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> oh, Powdered Toes Man! <laughs> Which makes it that much
3: more awesome. Oh
4: my god. Mysterious slowdown powers, activate! Because <laughs> at, at the time, we don't know what it is that is is uh, making Bumblebee uh, slow down. Yeah, and then uh, next on on the list, uh, Bumblebee so does not have the touch. I'm sorry, he doesn't. He might have that one special touch.
5: <laughs> Come here, little
4: boys and girls. No, yeah. uh, good lord. Um, <laughs> Ride the little pony. I don't know. Ride, Ride I the unicorn, p- boys and girls. The the two human villains I'm coming around to so far. Angry Archer and the new one in this one. Um, I, I don't know. I just really love Angry Archer and Slow Mo. She's a pretty cool villainess, I think. And Slow Mo is voiced by Tara Strong.
3: Yeah, this Tara.
5: Face.
4: Does she get three voices this episode?
3: Um, I think so. I'm not sure. Well, you know she's doing Slow Mo. You know she's doing Sorry. And at least once there was uh, the computer sound, or the computer talking. And I'm pretty sure that was her, too.
4: I'm not exactly sure.
3: Yeah, I um, thought it was weird that she did three. I mean, considering last week she had the week off.
4: Well, maybe they wanted to put her back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Cracking the whip. You're talking five times. <laughs> I
3: mean, That's right. You get five voices now. What kind of voices? does mo
4: have? Is that she's a fast talker it's kind of it's it's not not like
3: joshida is it it's like 1930s gangster
4: yeah it's more of a 1930s gangster type of voice the other thing that i kind of equate it to is almost auctioneer talk but without the you know the numbers but she's talking that fast that it reminds me of an auctioneer
3: oh no auctioneers are faster
4: I I'm not saying that she's as fast as them. I'm saying just the way that she's talking, the way that she's fast talking in this yeah. episode, well, reminds it, me of how an auctioneer would start out. Well, maybe okay. Uh, I'm kind of on board with you there, but I think some of the
3: euphemisms that she uses are very, you know, 1930s gangster. But I don't I don't know enough about 1930s gangsters to really say it's like my what is it the one Looney Tunes character who's always like yeah yeah
4: see oh that oh god God. uh yeah (laughs) no i know exactly who he's talking about i'm I'm trying to um he's the gangster guy i I know i'm trying to remember his damn name because (laughs) there's um uh no but it it uh, that's my only reference to
3: 1930s gangster that I have. I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, and see I'm, he, I'm
4: trying to remember what his name is. I know his his side character name. His 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 sidekick is Muggsy. I I just think that they call him Boss or, or something like that. I term- don't. <laughs> I I honestly do not remember. So
3: yeah, see, yeah. So there's that. Um I just couldn't quite place it. I didn't know if there was a, a movie character. Yeah, it's like, it, well, like. Uh, I, again, I'm re- just really negligible on my 1920s, 1930s gangster knowledge. Despite the fact that, yeah, you know, I live in Chicago. I don't know much about, you know, 1920s Chicago gangsters.
5: What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm not very bright. Yeah,
3: see, You said it, not yeah. us. <laughs> I admit it. I'm not very bright
4: uh so anyway um best updating of a voice ever fred willard as swindle that is awesome
3: i'm sorry judicious use of mute uh going on there (laughs) you
4: dumbass
3: i may have just completely vomited on uh on air and just hit the button and now i'm muted but uh, what i did say while i was on mute is that fred willard is awesome and that i very much enjoyed his performance
4: Yes, very, very awesome. And I just I, – I love the way that at times – I love the way he portrayed Swindle because at times Swindle can just be really low and really smooth. And at other times he can be like really high and up here and oh my god, I'm going to blow you away with my <laughs> giant fucking gun. Um, but I love that, 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 that smoothness to him because he's like push the red button. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just – it's really slow and really deliberate and it's yeah. so
3: awesome. I like his salesman mode.
4: Yeah. Are you seeing this? Are you yeah. loving this? I yeah. can a
3: leak. I'm so excited. And I'm just like, this guy's awesome. Yeah. I want to hear him talk awesome. every day. Well, it just seems like every time we get a new guest voice, you know, we get Weird Al or we get Lance Hendrickson. It's just, I just want to hear him talk all the time. I want them all in an episode, every episode.
4: Yeah. Um, oh, God. She she dismantled angry archers arrows because the only explosions <laughs> that she likes are ones with beautiful fucking rainbows how oh. can people not fucking hate
5: this bitch did you not
3: catch on to what's going on here
5: did, did you not realize that uh this is the same time that people like sparkly vampires
3: <laughs> oh my no I wasn't, I wasn't ah. referring to that this is angry archers explosive shaft fails shaft and oh, he's like, uh this has never happened before. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like uh this this never happens to me. Uh and it's all professor princess's fault. And I'm just like I'm giggling to myself the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's funny that she dismantled all of his explosives because explosives are bad and yucky. The problem
4: is, is that she uses fucking explosives. How can she say they're bad and yucky when she fucking uses them herself? Because they come out of her pony's ass. (laughs) (laughs) But
5: the primary question you're you're not asking yourself is, why did they make this episode?
4: Well, I don't get Overall, I like the episode. I don't like that Professor Princess is here, but I like the episode in general. It's not a bad episode, Um, especially with um, (coughs) certain Beast Wars references. Nice people, the Vok. You should really check them out when you're near Nexus Zero.
3: (laughs) (laughs) They're so nice. They only try to blow up the planet twice. Yeah. If we're saying... in. Context or
4: yes, you know. um, <laughs> I found a. I, I know this is really, really bad, but when Sari is trying to move Bumblebee by herself, it oh. reminds me of Daniel rubbing his face into Optimus Prime's dead cold hand.
5: You <laughs> I thought you God. were gonna say something else rubbing his face in his cold, <laughs> no. head.
3: yeah, that never happened. To our knowledge, to the best of our knowledge, nothing like that ever went down in G1. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're, um, yeah, we're getting in that cold, dark place now, so to
4: yeah, brighten nice. things up again. Team Bumble Villain, holy hell. Are you kidding me? I kind of liked how that went down. I I uh, uh,
3: You know, you may not like the human villains, but they really came through for Bumblebee when he needed help.
4: Sort of. And then, of uh, course, the triple cross. The triple cross, yeah. Yeah. And my final note was uh, stripped and sold for parts. Oh, poor Swindle.
3: Oh. He doesn't actually get stripped and sold for parts, though. No, he He's doesn't. Kind of, that's what fans art park. says. Yeah, they just stick him in a parking impound and assume that no one's going to come rescue him.
5: Well, see, what they really want to do is parade around in him and say, yeah, I'm riding the Decepticon. Uh- <laughs> <No>. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. what... This is what my acronym for SUV stands for. Uh Society of Useless Villains. (laughs) They're not useless.
3: I mean, they
4: went on a crime
3: spree. They're useless. That's better than a lot of villains can can really say. I'm
4: sorry, but Angry Archer is right. Why would you steal a giant TV when you have to carry it down the street? Regardless. (laughs) Regardless. Of <laughs> like, And this is exactly why I like Angry Archer out of all the human villains. Like when I first saw Angry Archer, I'll admit I hated him because hated I was him. thinking, what the hell? Why is this guy here? But as they introduce the other human villains, Angry yeah. Archer and Slow Mo are the best ones out of all of them. The only good ones out of all of them, because seriously, Nanosec is so fucking dumb. You're gonna carry. I mean, that's kind of like you know Michael Wilson carrying a sixty-inch TV home from fucking Sears. It's bigger you know, than and sixty. Not driving. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> I had mine delivered. What are you talking about? I know, but that, but that's what I'm saying. Like. If you went to Sears and yeah. you didn't get the delivery and you said, oh, well, my car broke down, I'm going to walk home with this 60-inch TV <laughs> in my hands. Like, you, would, you know, it's like, oh, God, yeah, Nanosec, yeah. you were so fucking dumb. Nanosec has it on his back. Oh,
3: and God. I <laughs> like he, <laughs> Angry Archer says it's a little girthy. <laughs> <It's>
5: girthy. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> okay. What else you got for this one, Steve?
5: Um i don't actually like this episode okay <laughs> um in other than the Voc reference but i i find this degrading to the show
4: <laughs> really
5: yes Th- this is the reason why i could see somebody hating animated are these stupid ass human villains Oh come on! No, okay. no. Oh, well, you know I like he's entitled to his opinion. It, it gets better in the next episode, but this episode does not have that that uh, issue of uh, uh, this. This episode has such garbage villains and such a throwaway plot. <laughs> it's just I, I I would rather watch a freaking reality show than this episode again.
4: Wow, the only. You know, if, you, if you're going to be like that and not like it, that's fine. That's your opinion. That's that's all well and good. I will say for someone who may not like this episode, like you don't, you have to agree, though, a little bit that Swindle is pretty much the only saving grace here. Because Swindle's awesome with this
5: series. Yeah.
4: Come on, Steve. you got to at least give us that.
5: No. <laughs> Are I, you serious? I, I never liked Swindle anyway. He's just uh, a cheap plot device as bad as the key. Oh.
4: <laughs> wow.
3: Welcome to Geek Cast Tower. Stephen C. Phillips is a boogerhead.
4: <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> anything else for this one or are
0: you done? Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Steve, I'm done. <laughs> Damn. All right. So, uh, Michael. <laughs> like, I don't know where to fucking go from here. How do I follow that? I, <laughs> I don't know. As, as Steve stops angrily
3: from the room. I hate this shit. Uh... <laughs> I I liked this episode. <laughs> I might be the only one. Well, uh, I liked
4: it, but I, I just don't like some of the you know the human villain stuff. But I liked it overall.
3: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll jump right out and, and say that uh, the thing about the human villains here, yeah, you, know, you may like some of them individually, you may not like some of them individually, but uh, similar to Blitzwing's personalities, the best part, of of their their society, the society of ultimate villainy, is the banter between them. You know, Nanosec and Angry Archer just don't get along. They're always sniping at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you put Angry Archer and Professor Princess together, and you know they're not happy with each other either. Uh, and yet, you've got this budding romance going between Nanosec and Slowmo. Which yeah. is, it's fun, it's funny because he's like, you know, I like a girl that takes it slow, and she's like, I like a guy who moves fast, and I'm thinking they're gonna have very
5: ugly children, <laughs> because yeah. they rush the process.
3: <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh yeah, and Angry yeah. Archer says this has never happened before. I <laughs> I can't explain this. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but that's the funny part is you get them all together, and and their their exchanges between each other are just it's, it's gold. It's just really really good stuff. Yeah. And then you tie in Swindle, which is funny because when when the the SUV meets Swindle, uh, you, you basically have this disembodied voice in the car. Yeah which is a Humvee, not an SUV. You know, but regardless. So, to me, it's it's very Charlie's Angels. You know, Swindle's like, hello, angels. Now I go,
4: hi, Charlie. Yeah, that... That so doesn't translate for me <laughs> uh, Sorry Maybe if you made like a Team Knight Rider reference Because that show is horrible as well But I mean it's the same thing It's like hey we had this technology Ten years ago Let's replicate it into five separate vehicles One of them which actually was an SUV Even though Swindle is a Humvee I get that yeah. But it's like I uh, whatever So Continue. you
3: just lost me So uh, okay vice versa uh, but the banter between swindle and suv you know swindle's like what's the term buttload of cash yeah so it's almost like how big a butt we talking here big big butt it's a big, big butt, butt. <laughs> shake that nasty butt shake <laughs> that
4: ass. oh
3: that's right <laughs> If you want to make a cake, you got.
4: to... Oh God! Don't no 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 no. Uh, uh, That's only getting linked into that episode. That th- I'm not relinking uh, that. No,
3: shake
4: that ass, shake that no, yeah. No, okay. No,
3: no, no. Make a cake. What else? <laughs> what else for Be oh. All right, hold on. I gotta get my head on straight here. Let me. Let me That's uh, what she said. Um. All right. Uh, I'm gonna back up to the beginning where when Bumblebee's getting zapped by the slow ray. Yeah. And my first thought you know, you see his laser come out of nowhere and hit Bumblebee and he immediately stops dead in his tracks and turns gray. Yeah. What does that tell you? He died. <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. I'm thinking Bumblebee died. Uh he can't die, but it looked to me like he was dead. But then he gets back up and says, I'm okay. <laughs> I feel happy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll go for a walk now. Mm-hmm. Uh, At any rate, you know he's back to being an arrogant prick. Yeah, he was. I mean, he just—I—I uh, I haven't learned any lessons so far. I'm just—you know—I'm the best there is. And watch me now. I'm not going to listen to anybody.
4: But and that's that's why I had my note earlier of Bumblebee. So doesn't have the touch because he's all about like, oh, well, it, we might be a team, but the team has to rely on their star play. It, it, it's like he turned into fucking Kobe Bryant or something.
3: <laughs> and if he would have performed the flanking maneuver, none of this would have happened.
4: <laughs> yeah, if he would have just shut up, followed orders, none of this would have happened.
3: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, by the time Bumblebee runs into Professor Princess, he should expect to get zapped by a slow ray. Yep. I mean, this it, is like the third time, and it's it's uh, it's odd that none of the villains bothers to turn around and finish him off when he's slowed down. I mean, Angry Archer making his getaway, but. I want to say by the time Professor Princess sees him get zapped, she's not running away. She's She just kind of looks over and goes, ah, look at that. That's kind of funny. And I'm thinking, you're right about there. She could be blowing off his arms and legs and laughing about it, which would have been funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of the episode, we've returned to using the key as a plot solution. Yep. Sari uses the key three times in five minutes. Now, granted, we haven't seen the key used in how many episodes? majority of season two so far. Yeah, she's been pretty good about not using it. And it's like, well, what do we do now? We've written ourselves into a corner. We've got five minutes of episode left. Oh, whip out that key. The key's good for everything. The key gets you through force fields. It it turns off machines that you don't know how to turn them off. She had Uh, a relapse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was she was cleaning this over for eight episodes, and boom,
5: there it went. She's like, I gotta use it. I gotta use a key? Gotta, yeah. She's like, oh. She She's like, process <laughs> That's right. Uh, but
3: uh, uh, I want to point out that the Swindle toy is awesome. I, I actually uh, took a moment to pull the swindle out of my closet.
4: The only thing I don't like about the swindle toy, yeah, is the my same, like my like I, I love the design of it. I love the colors. I love the alt mode. I love everything about the toy except yeah. the size. It's too small. What? It, it's the, nearly the same size as Soundwave. Almost. That's my only complaint. You put yeah, Swindle What you, you put Swindle and Soundwave sit next to each other. They're literally almost the same size.
3: Yeah, in my opinion, I think Combiner toys should be shorter than everybody else because that's how they were in G one. Uh, when I stand him next to Prowl, he's about a head shorter. Mm-hmm. A, a Prowl head shorter, let's say. And Prowl, you know, he's all chin. Uh, <laughs> but the toy itself, I mean, he's got he's got the 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 shield generators that pop up behind his his uh, shoulders he's he's got the, the the big ass cannon on the arm he's got the gatling gun that comes out of his chest he's mm-hmm. he's i mean all the weapons he shows up with in the cartoon he's got right he's just a, he's just a great great looking toy he's got the it is a great green,
4: looking toy i i'm not i'm not green turtle discounting that i'm just saying i think it's way too small the deluxe swindle, like if that was a Voyager swindle, I would have loved it if it was Voyager size. That's that's my complaint here is that the the deluxe swindle because I'm looking at it now on the wiki. Yeah, he's yeah. just too. It's great that he has all his weapons. It's great that he has all that stuff, but it just he's too small to to me. I don't know.
3: I mean, if you, if you take a look at all the, I mean, if you set him up next to all the the deluxe toys, he's 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 not you know he he's not like. Soundwave short. Soundwave was short. I mean, he was just short and squat and bulky. And, you know, while Swindle has some some bulk to him, he's not... I don't know. I I mean, I like him. I think he's a really good toy. He's very show accurate. Oh, yes. There's just nothing not to like about this guy.
4: Well, one of the reasons why Swindle is very show accurate is because Derek J. Wyatt loves Swindle. (laughs) Well... Uh,
3: well, I don't want to say Derek J. Wyatt designed the toy, but I think that, you know, all of the.
4: Oh, yeah. No, he didn't uh, design the toy. Yeah. But what I'm saying is one of the reasons why, like, he had input on 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 the toys. So, and because he is a huge fan of Swindle, that's one of the reasons why it is such so show accurate is because of his fan of the character.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I see where you're at, and. <laughs> All right. It's this is a really cool toy. Anyway, lastly, uh or I should say penultimately, um in the end, Bumblebee learns a lesson. Hooray for Bumblebee. He can quit being a prick now. Uh and lastly, I want to see the cutscene where Swindle and Lockdown meet in a bar and talk shop. <laughs> you know, you know, they're out there in in, in you know, Nexus One or wherever and hey how's it going you know you basically got lance Anderson and fred willard uh, fred willard i want to say frank willard but fred willard you know just hanging out in a bar you know watching the strippers uh, and uh talking shop like hey you know what do you got in weapons that i could you buy know it's something i
4: forgot to mention i love the scene when uh when he contacts megatron and he's like you know, a certain bounty hunter gave me your your number. I'm, you know, my <laughs> scruples right. my scruples refused to allow me to reveal his identity. And Megatron's like, "Swindle! You don't have any scruples."
3: <laughs> You'd sell your own motherboard to the highest bidder. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, that's. But I can see it's like, "Hey, I just talked to Megatron." "No, really? Oh yeah, I just talked to Megatron. You should go check him out and sell him some weapons." "Oh, I'm totally going to do that." <laughs> you know, and I mean, I can't do it justice, but yeah. If, if somebody who who could were to write this scene and have Fred Willard, Frank Willard, have Fred Willard,
4: Fred Willard. and
3: Lance yeah. Henriksen voice it out, it would be one of the most awesome things ever. Yes. And then just for fun, you know, you've you've got uh, weird owl voicing a character who just like the waitress or something oh my God. weird owl voices the waitress you know? right.
4: and on that note <laughs> we are going to move on ten, huh?
1: I am Sentinel Minor, your drill sergeant but you linchpins will address me as sir is that clear Sir, yes, sir! Wipe that smile off your face, dull spark! Uh, I'm not smiling, sir! My jaw is just tempered that way, sir! Forget Mudflap's jaw. Check out the asteroid-sized chin on Sarge. You got a comment, funny bot? No, sir! Why does a weak-jointed, slow-processing hunk of junk like you want to be an Autobot recruit? To be an elite guard warrior and kick Decepticon skid plates, sir! You couldn't kick my motherboard if I held it in front of your foot! Each of you, sound off! Why do you want to be here? To be an elite guard intelligence officer, sir! To be an elite guard trooper, sir! To be an elite guard commander, sir! Well, uh... I was kinda hoping I could be a certified space bridge technician! Oh, sir! (laughs) (laughs) Mute it, micro-brains! Space Bridge Technician. Now here's a bot who knows his place! You should try to be more like your friend here. He's not my friend, sir! We're all friends here! Cog's in a great big Autobot machine! Show me what you got, Cog! Not bad! I'm gonna call you long arm Show me your stuff That's it Hit me with everything you got sir uh, Well, nice plating. Iron hide. Nice stinging! Welcome to the platoon, wasp! I'll show you stinging. You are nothing but a Bumbler! From now on, your name is Bumblebee! Bumblebee? You got a problem with that, cadet? Sir? No, sir. Oh, sorry! Sarge, sir. And you! You're all bulk and no brains! You're bulkhead! Now drop and give me 20! All
4: of you. All of you. Up next is Auto Boot Camp. After a mysterious convict escapes Autobot custody, Ultra Magnus contacts the Earth-bound Autobots so they can identify him in case he shows up on Earth. Bumblebee recognizes the convict as Wasp, a bot he ran into back when he was in boot camp and whom he put away in jail in the first place as a traitor. Bumblebee and Bulkhead then go on, as Bulkhead puts it, a wild grease chase to find Megatron's base and nail Wasp at the same time after intercepting a message between Megatron and the mysterious quote-unquote double agent on Cybertron who is revealed to be the Decepticon Shockwave posing as an Autobot named Longarm who helped Bumblebee frame Wasp. Oh, he
3: just gave away the ending. I know. That's the Uh-oh. whole point.
4: But it's not really a spoiler, seeing as how they give it away themselves in the episode. Um, At the end, yeah. How, is, how does the time shift here? Because if If we're in the like, if we're in the animated timeline, and this isn't the, the beginning of this episode, isn't a flashback, and it is currently happening, why does Sentinel have a Cybertronian mode that looks so much more awesome than the fucking snowplow that he was on Earth? No, uh, this is this is happening prior. No, I thought that the chase, I thought that the breakout was happening currently in the animated timeline. The breakout happens, Ultra Magnet, like, it might have been two or three days since the breakout, but what I'm saying is Sentinel has already been to Earth. Oh, okay, right, right. Sentinel's already been to Earth, right. and during the breakout scene, they show him having a completely different mode, which I like that alt mode a hell of a lot better than the fucking snowplow.
3: Okay, then I didn't see that part. Maybe... i Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and see. Maybe they were just using that model for him... And I'm, I'm talking like in CGI terms and it's not, it's all yeah. animated, but maybe they were using that same model in the beginning because it was what they, they were going to use for him at the end or in maybe. the flashback scenes. Maybe not going to be it. I'm going to have to go um, back and see what he looks like then. Cause I, I didn't even notice.
4: Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll I'll go back and I'll screen cap it for you. Yeah. Um, I love seeing the flashbacks. I think they're really cool with the whole boot camp thing. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Um, and you, oh God, and you know that this is just because this is them making fun of the movie. He's a total mudflap. He, even I know Bulkhead is a hell of a lot better. Even though I don't like Bulkhead and animated, he's a hell of a lot better than mudflap was in the fucking movies. Oh, yeah. Did we lose you, Michael? Yes, you did. Which it's- mudflap
3: are we talking about?
4: No. Sentinel calls Bulkhead a mud flap. T- yeah, somebody calls him a total mud flap. And it, my note: everybody is, calls
3: him a mud flap in this episode.
4: Exactly. My him note a is, is that Bulkhead is even though I don't like Bulkhead in animated that much, he's okay. I, he's not one of my favorite characters, though. I could do without him. Well, oh, he's lovable. Uh, yeah. He's a hell of a lot better than the actual mud flap that we got in the movies.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> which one um, was mudflap what <laughs> which one was mudflap in the movies
5: oh it was was one, of those one of the stupid records? twins
4: one of the twins
3: oh that was that. oh god one that's of
5: them why they call bastards. it
3: mudflap because it's a derogatory term
4: I know yeah it's like slag you can't I know <laughs> but what i'm saying is oh god i have to repeat this three fucking times what i'm saying is even though i do not really care for bulkhead in animated right 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 he's bulkhead a hell of a lot better, better carrot bulkhead is better than mudflap in the movies Uh mudflap in the movies is just something that should have never happened fucking michael bay constantly raping our childhoods like starscream rapes giant metal bugs I love that Sentinel named all the cadets because of their powers. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> well, that's the weird thing is
3: Sentinel Minor gets to subjectively rename everybody permanently. Yeah. This is your name for the rest of your life, no matter how silly or derogatory it is. Uh, this would explain names like Windbreaker or Wide Load. <laughs> What's your name? Your name is Huffer. Like, oh, you uh, prick. My, Why would you call my, me that? My name's Shitkickers. <laughs> there actually was a Transformer named Windbreaker.
5: I know. He broke I do of uh
3: But this whole scene mirrors uh, a scene with R. Lee Ermey in Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Alchemist. I, I actually have written down Full Metal Autobot. <laughs> it's an auto bootcamp, or as I like to call it, Full Metal Autobot. But, uh, yeah, for some reason, Full Metal Alchemist came out. That, that, it's funny because I really dig the Elverk brothers. But, uh,. Uh, full metal al full metal al- damn it. full
4: metal jacket, full metal well, metal jacket. Is, 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 is asking everybody what their name is Yes.
3: Ev- exactly well he's not asking he's giving them names yes. all the way down to you know you yeah. look like a giant piece of shit. your name is private pile yeah uh, <laughs> god is a hard on for robots because we kill everything we see yeah we keep heaven stocked with fresh souls but it's, it's just funny because if you if you <laughs> Basically, if if you re say everything that Sentinel says in Arlie Ermy's voice, this becomes a much better episode. I think
5: okay. that should have been Sentinel.
4: I oh yeah, Arlie Ermy should have
5: voiced Sentinel. That would have been so awesome. <laughs> that would have that would have just made the world for me for that character. Yeah,
4: That would have been so fucking awesome. But now I have to go back in the editing process of this episode because my favorite line from from Full Metal Jacket is when he's handing out assignments and he gets to Joker. Every everyone else is like O300 oh, infantry, you made it. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he gets to Joker, he's like 4212 basic military journalism. What the fuck, Joker? <laughs> <laughs> he says
3: <laughs> I was on the what, school newspaper? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, basically every <laughs> word that. that comes out of his mouth is, is gold, period. I mean you it's a well, spoilers, it's a shame he gets shot. But that's, I mean
4: You it's know, that's just, the only reason why I ever saw Full Metal Jacket. I don't think I've ever seen the rest. like I I I saw I've seen the rest of the movie, but in the beginning I always stopped after he got killed. I never ever <laughs> like when I first heard of Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, I never watched past the point of Ermi getting killed, of of, of of the sergeant getting killed, because that's the funniest parts of the movie is the fucking beginning of the movie. Well, that's <laughs> but anyway, going most, back most to
3: this. Yeah.
4: yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Well, not no, yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, it's one of those things where tangent. Hello.
3: Yeah, but I mean, this is a relevant tangent because I know, a, I know a goodly chunk of this episode is lifted out of Full Metal yeah. Jacket. Oh yeah. That alchemist.
4: Yeah. Um. Oh God. I had an Incredibles flashback also with Sentinel. If one cog doesn't work, the machine will break, and that's kind of what Bob's boss is talking. You know. We're all cogs (laughs) in a great big machine, Bob. If one of the cogs doesn't work, they all don't work. The Incredibles. (laughs) Love that movie. You
3: want to send Sentinel through an office park? Or a... a Cubeville? Cube Hell?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Spybot. Like, it's so not obvious by the big red fucking dot in the middle of Longarm's forehead. I swear to God, it's like, you know, it's like Longarm is a male version of an Indian bride or something.
3: I was gonna say that, yeah.
4: I, I mean, seriously. You don't know. You
3: know I mean. There's,
4: there's yeah. a giant red dot on his forehead. What is it like? Ding, coffee's done? I don't know. Ding, coffee
5: done. <laughs> ding, coffee done. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I work on
3: Cybertron being favorite spy but I wear a paper hat uh,
5: uh,
4: they really captured the whole hazing and boot camp thing I think they, <laughs> you know,
3: it's pretty bad when they you know cut off your legs and stuff you in a locker you know, <laughs> yeah. these are the type of incidents that make you go all private pile
4: yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, they are live ammo. <laughs> Full metal jacket.
4: Yep. Uh but I did dream big Bumblebee. I dreamed of being your friend. So fucking corny. Bumble Bulkhead Bromance. Oh my god, I wanted to shoot uh, myself. You didn't cry. I wanted, I wanted to fucking shoot roommate.
3: myself.
5: You <laughs> wanted to be his roommate. No, I, love not
3: you, at all. I love you, man. I love you, man.
4: No, it no, kills don't me though. Is, it. You're not getting my oil. No, they have this whole, this whole
3: you know love fest going on. Where, I love you, man, and, and that's how I, that's the way I feel about you, man. And they're ten feet from the Decepticon
4: hideout. I know it. How do they miss this? I know it. And they drive right fucking past it almost. They, they
3: couldn't see the giant Decepticon logo on the front doors because you know through the giant hearts they were making for each other. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, you know, the bubble hearts. It didn't and really of happen.
4: course, I'm just at the very end, my loyal servant, Shockwave. And we see Longarm transform into Shockwave. My only complaint, and this will actually come up later because it actually gets rectified, thank God. My only complaint is, wait, why is Shockwave gray? What the right. fuck? And later on, they have. The and then on. later on, it it corrects itself. <laughs> you know,
3: I I, I was just gonna say something, but I know you'll appreciate here. It's uh <laughs> it's like long arm. Long arm is the traitor, and then he puts on a hat. Long arm shockwave. <laughs>
4: oh
3: Eat God. shit, shockwave. Eat <laughs> shit, shockwave. Steve doesn't watch Phineas and Ferb, so...
5: I don't like that oh,
4: show because I
5: think
3: it, it's too bad. No,
4: it, it should have been Agent. No, he needs to have two hats, Michael. Agent L, Agent S. Agent L, Agent S. Oh, this is funny because
3: it's like they they kind of look the same except, you know, he puts a hat on.
4: Well, Shockwave is, you know, slightly taller.
3: Yeah, I suppose.
4: Um, what do you have for Auto Boot Camp, Steve?
3: What do I
5: have? Uh-uh. Hmm.
3: <laughs> I didn't I... actually watch this episode, and
5: such your face. Um, I, I loved the uh, the fact that Ironhide's actually in this, even though he's kind of <laughs> useless. I, I I like the gimmick they gave to him, though. What can you do? And then he just turns into this giant iron thing, and they're like, "Okay, Ironhide." Uh, I like that, and then uh, I I love like how they disguise Shockwave into Longarm Prime. That was kind of a clever uh, uh, dig back at the G one counterbots. Yeah. Counter bots. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of nice, and then uh, it, it was funny seeing Wasp be uh, basically a, a direct c- copy of Bumblebee for yeah, the most part.
4: Yeah. Pretty much for the most part. Dude. Um, physically
3: it was anyway. What's funny is that Wasp is an even bigger dick than Bumblebee.
4: I mean Wasp is was just so fool of himself. That- stick. <laughs> yeah, but Wasp to me is more he's more that jock type of dick rather than the Oh my god, I'm better than everyone else kinda. You know. He has that jock mentality. It it, it kind of goes back to what I said about the hazing thing. Like you can clearly see that there are certain clicks in this boot camp thing where it's basically Everyone else, and then there's Bulkhead and Bumblebee. It's kind of like everybody else is the jock team, and then Bulkhead and Bumblebee are the geeks.
5: <laughs> That's why they put them on uh, a- Asteroid Duty. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, uh, yeah, we don't want to be associated with you lame asses. Get out of here. You can go work with Optimus. He flunked. <laughs> well, I um, think Bumblebee got. Well,
3: Bumblebee put himself on Asteroid Duty.
5: I like how they 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 wheeled, uh uh wasp away kind of like they did Hannibal, hmm. Or or like in the Batman move uh, video yeah. game uh, Arkham Asylum where they haul away the Joker. Yeah, it, it's just kind of funny to me that they did that, and it's funny that Longarm or Shockwave basically set him up to kind of be fucked over.
4: Yeah, see, I mean, it's like. At the very beginning of the episode, when they get that transmission, I knew. <laughs> I freaking knew who it was. Just like before, not not when the Autobots get the broken up transmission, but when Megatron is is transmitting, and 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 some deck is like, well, nobody, somebody on Earth might be able to translate this this stuff. But when they're talking, it's like. Holy hell, it's Corey Burton. It's Shockwave. Yes! (laughs) There is a god. Yes, exactly. And it's like, you know, I mean, there is no, I mean, this isn't like um, Velocity where it's questionable if, you know, if that really is Blur, which we all know it is. But this one, it's like like, you see Shockwave. You know, kind of scrumpled scrambled up on the screen, but you know it's fucking Shockwave because of the voice and because of what you can make out. I mean, it's almost like Shockwave's on the Playboy Channel or something. But anyway, um, <laughs> and and then later you see, and then later you see Longarm, and it's like, okay, he has size-changing <laughs> powers, and you know, you just know that that's fucking Shockwave. Besides the giant red fucking dot in the middle of his forehead, just hearing the. The lower tone of his voice, I, I immediately knew.
5: Oh, I, I, I just, I, I, I like the fact that they they put him as the head of Cybertronian intelligence. Yeah, for the Autobots, and he's like, yep. yeah, I'm the only Decepticon just freely out here.
4: <laughs>
5: yeah.
4: <laughs> well, and and again, it goes to show that Transformers Animated Megatron is a much much better planner. And G1 Megatron.
5: <laughs> oh, yeah, he had moles everywhere. Yeah. He had to have some of them burned off, but... That's...
4: Oh! <laughs>
5: that's bad. I had to go there. I know. What else you got? <laughs> uh, overall, this episode was pretty enjoyable.
4: Yeah, it's nice to finally see how Bumblebee Bulkhead... Got together. It's nice to see some of the other ones, like Michael said. He loved seeing Ironhide. I love seeing Ironhide as well, even though I really don't care for him being orange. Um, But uh, yeah, I I really thoroughly enjoyed it as well. So, uh, what else? You what do you got for Auto Boot Camp, Michael?
3: Uh, Right in the beginning, you know, you've got Megatron talking to his secret compatriot. Uh, who's all scrambled on the screen, and he says, "Well, the breakout went amazingly well." Yeah, and my thought was, why would Megatron want to break out Wasp? I mean, he wasn't even a real traitor. He wasn't working with the Decepticons
5: because he lost his mind and he became the the buzzing third person speaking Waspinator from Beast Wars. Slowly, not
4: yet. He hasn't.
5: No, sorry. but but he's he's already started talking that way.
4: Right. But
3: at the end of the episode, you hear him talking like that. Yeah.
4: At the end of the episode, you hear him talking like that. But in the beginning, and yeah. when the breakout happens, he is still himself. He is still the same wasp. But what you're saying, Michael, is though one of the reasons why that I can kind of you know I can kind of explain it away here is because of what happens as the episode progresses, because Megatron wants to break Wasp out to probably keep up the facade of Long arm being, you know, of Shockwave being long arm, because I'm sure after, after Bumblebee, you know, fingered Wasp, I'm sure Shockwave told Megatron, "Hey, look, we have this Patsy that we can play off of." Right. So, if they use him as what Bumblebee thought he was, if they use Wasp, saying Wasp is still the traitor, and having Shockwave play the long arm character you still have the trader, but it's not focused on long arm as it should be.
3: Right. Oh, that makes sense. I'll buy that. Sure. But uh, after the last episode, you would think the Bumblebee would learn to call back up first and then run off half cocked later. You know, he just he,
4: never learns.
3: He, <laughs> he never learns. And you know, I understand that here it's the show that bulkhead is always thinking small you know and no he's thinking big he's you know he wants to be your friend but uh he's not thinking you know big enough for bumblebee right you know and it's like well you weren't thinking big now and you're not thinking big then and blah 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 uh but it's like you know didn't you just do this last episode and get shot with a slow-mo ray yeah i'd be having nightmares about slow-mo rays every time i ran off without thinking <laughs> seriously uh, Yeah, moving right along oil is supposed to be like beer right mm-hmm. I mean we just saw bulkhead with with a big can of oil you know taking a big drag like, hey how's it going <laughs> uh, so what is oil change duty I mean they kind of make it out to look like oil changing is poop
5: well, what they do is they reach over, they grab each other's oil filters, they <laughs> unscrew it, they, they drain the main vein. They pee all they, over Simmons? They they fill each other up, <laughs> and they screw the bolts back on.
3: <laughs> they that's pee just, all over Simmons. <laughs> that's just offensive, actually. Uh, I, mean, I thought it was funnier thinking of it like poop.
5: Yeah. Because, you know, you
3: basically, I mean, they're
5: dumping that's it into the, the st- sewers. But that's what the sludge is. That's more like a, that's more like a bloody pee. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> okay. Let it. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow.
5: All right. You know, uh, work with me here, because I.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: the next
3: <laughs> scene, you've got Sentinel coming in, and he's got a couple hundred drums of used oil falling on him. And you know, my sen- my you know mentality here is that it's poop, and I'm thinking he, he, he's all covered in poop. It's and... like this Tannen yeah exactly you know
4: manure I yeah. hate manure
3: I hate manure and that's that's where I was going with this I, I, I wasn't expecting Steve to come out with bloody pee uh, <laughs> I hate used oil I hate bloody pee. A hundred drums of bloody pee. I mean, ugh, that's uh, that's not where I was going. But thank you for Just taking like me you there.
4: Expect one thing from Steve. Expect something completely fucking opposite.
3: Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> our main weapon. Our main weapon is bloody pee. Wait, wait. Our second main weapon. Our two main weapons are bloody pee and bumblebee. Uh, fails to trap the Spybot several times, and manages to somehow screw Sentinel every time.
4: I love... My favorite one was the microphone. The where's micro- that echo coming from?
3: <laughs> where's that echo coming from? So, Ultra Magnus is such a giant tool. Wait a minute. Where's that, where's that echo coming from? What is that?
1: He's
3: you know, such it, a it giant makes you, no, it makes you wonder how he got to be sentinel prime after that little slip up exactly. a lot of kissing ass a lot of kissing ass yep you know um I think, I think steve mentioned it that when they wheeled away wasp in the dolly
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh I, I was gonna mention that uh, i think cliff jumper was the one pushing the dolly i'm gonna have to go back and look I'm it, it, it looked sure. like cliff it looked like cliff jumper made an
5: appearance and uh Possibly, I can it's confirm awesome. it was Cliff Jumper.
4: Okay, well there you go. All right, woo-hoo. Steve always pays attention to the Hannibal Lecter references because he has a thing <laughs> for Hannibal Lecter.
3: Well, you know Hannibal Lecter really comes out in the next Stop episode. It. <laughs> yeah, well, Steve, I'm sure Steve will mention it in the, for the next episode. But uh, and lastly, uh, Doofenshmirtz makes his uh, amazing wasp in a tour. <laughs>
4: Oh, shit. Oh, wow. I never thought about that. I
3: knew you'd like that, yeah. I
4: never thought about that. The Waspinator. I never thought of that.
3: (laughs) So uh, what kills me, though, is you got... Plainly, you have Waspinator. It's uh, Waspinator colors, got the Waspinator faceplate, and no Scott
4: McNeil. No, it isn't
3: Scott McNeil. Well, no. Scott McNeil doesn't do the voice for Waspinator.
4: That's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I said. It isn't. It isn't uh, Scott McNeil. That's what I said.
5: It should have been me.
4: It should have been.
5: Well, (laughs) that's that's
3: what what kills me is that, you know, it's like, hey, we got to get this voice cast right. We're gonna get Lance Henriksen in here. We're gonna get Fred Willard in here. We're gonna get Weird Al in here. And who's this schmo doing Waspinator? Because it's not. It's not the guy that should be there. And I granted Scott McNeil. Is uh, in demand. You know, he. I'm sure he's very, very busy. Probably couldn't make it in that day. But come on, you know they could have done something. If The guy had one line. It was, you know, I'm pissed off at Bumblebee and I'm going to get him. He could have been mean, like phone a friend. Scott well, could, yeah, exactly. Scott could have done this over the phone. He would have done it for free, most likely.
4: I know, and I will say though, I, I, I have to say that. It, even though it's not Scott, and it would have been awesome if it was Scott doing it, yeah, Tom Kenny did a fairly good job.
5: I- no, I mean he-, he did, but I it, there's still no substitution.
4: Well, no, I'm, and I'm not saying there should be. I'm just saying that maybe scott was doing other stuff at the time maybe they didn't think to get scott maybe they thought to get scott but he was too busy doing other stuff as i just said but i mean tom kenny's version it for this character for the way that this character's arc plays out tom kenny's voice of him isn't i mean it's not you know solely atrocious it's It's
3: yeah okay you know tom kenny is uh, a fantastic talent and it's great that that they had him do it as opposed to you know bumper robinson <laughs> but yeah I, I still agree it should have been scott mcneil this reminded me this this perceived slight right uh reminded mm-hmm. me of uh uh the year that dinobot was put on the uh the ballot for
4: Hall of Fame, uh, the Hall ago, of
3: Fame, yeah. exactly. Scott McNeil was sitting five feet away from the,
4: and they didn't even ask him to make a speech as Dinobot. They,
3: there you go. When when Dinobot won, they should have had Scott McNeil up there giving an acceptance speech as Dinobot. Dinobot's voice. Well, yeah, and, and that that would have, to me, that would have made sense. And the fact that they didn't, to me, seemed like a slight.
4: Yeah,
3: and I'm like, what? So they just don't like Scott McNeil? No, <laughs> is that is that what we're seeing here and I, I, I think it would be interesting uh, it, next time we talk to Derek Wyatt or Marty Eisenberg if we get him on the phone uh, ask them what happened here now, didn't you, you couldn't get Scott McNeil on the line
4: that would actually be a perfect question for mm. Sue Blue seeing as how she was the voice director we need to
3: get her yes uh, we'd love to talk to Sue Do Blue yeah. yes Oh. That would be awesome. And everyone keeps telling us, oh, you should talk to Sue Blue. And it's like, I know. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. That's like the Holy Grail. Well, aside from you know, aside from talking to Scott McNeil. And here we are saying, how hard could it be to get in touch with Scott McNeil, man? And it's like, well, we can't talk. We've
4: tried for almost two years now. <laughs>
3: Well, if you've got
5: contacts, you better hook us up, somebody, please. Well,
3: yeah, exactly.
4: I mean,
5: I've talked to him several times. I've met him several and times And see, that's year. the
4: other fucking thing that really gets our goat about this is Michael actually has been to – since we've been doing podcasting here, since we did the Beast Unleashed podcast, Michael actually went up to him and talked to him at a bot con and couldn't even say, oh, hey, can we – is there an agent information we could get from you or something? Right. It's like, yes, I understand that BotCon, it's a line, you know, get oh your my sign, God. I got, get your monkey I, signed and move along. Yeah, but I, was
3: actually, I was actually risking getting thrown out of the con for <laughs> recording the two minutes that I did record with him. <laughs> because, you know, they basically said, okay, you're going to go up and you're going to talk to the guy for – Half a second, you're going you're to sign this and you're going to get the hell out because we're closed. We're closed and he won't let us leave until yeah. he signed everybody's stuff. So, you know, yeah. you've got to get up there and get out. And I, I, you know, bucked the line and said, screw the man. I'm going to talk yeah. to Scott.
4: Yeah.
3: I'm going to talk to Scott and I'm going to record it. <laughs> and, and I did. And and that was great and all. But, you know, there it just, it just wasn't time to really do an
4: interview or. No, no. And I know that. But what I'm saying is you could have. And this is more stuff for off air. What I'm saying is that you can yeah. you could have said something like, Hey, can we get a contact for, for you, you know, through your yeah. agency or something, you know? Well, but next anyway, time. Next moving time. on, back back to the boot camp here. Yeah, yeah. Uh
3: as far as boot camp goes, um that's all I had. Uh I wanted to return to uh God has a hard on for Autobots because we kill everything we see. <laughs> we keep heaven stocked with fresh souls. <laughs> I love it. Every word out of that man's mouth is gold. Everything is quotable in that whole movie. Yeah. Everything he says is a quotable item. Uh huh. That will work in, in in any given situation. If yes. you're in a job interview, you say, you know, you quote Arlie ermy you're you're in. Yep. Yeah. I'm kidding. That's not true. <laughs> or is it? It'll probably get you put in jail. But yeah, there's that, you know. <laughs> choke yourself! You know? I mean, that, that will not work in a job interview.
4: <laughs>
3: choke, choke, choke!
4: We're going to move on.
1: away from spider lady she liked me grimlock best
2: oh don't be so jealous you know how i feel about you (laughs) can't you two be friends for me
1: you heard spider lady come with me grimlock
2: promise you'll come back soon for their sake
1: RUN! DINOBOTS, run! We're not here to scare people. We're here to get Meltdown's genetic modifier. Maybe you'd be less conspicuous in robot mode. Okay, but me Grimlock, still taller than you. That' why Spider-Lady like me Grimlock best! Don't you see? She's just using us. Grimlock, as soon as she gets that genetic modifier, she'll drop us like a used engine block. Autobot bird! Me Grimlock go alone! Uh, where me Grimlock find genetic thingy? Uh, come on, I know who can get it. Me Grimlock go with you! But me Grimlock go with you! Alone!
4: And finally up today is Black Friday. Black Arachnia has recovered after trying to get the Allspark and has seduced Grimlock and his team to free meltdown so he can use his intelligence in the field of genetic modification to purge her organic spider half. Meltdown, however, needs a certain genetic modifier to complete this task, so Black Arachnia blackmails Optimus and Grimlock into getting it by attacking Bumblebee and Prowl, and infecting them with her cyber venom. Whether, Op- <laughs> Whether Optimus and Grimlock can work together isn't the only problem, for Meltdown may not be purging the half that Black Arachnia thinks. Dun dun dun. I always knew Black Arachnia was an evil sex bot.
5: Well, she's a black widow spider.
4: Just the way that she treats Grimlock and his head goes aflame—that was kind of funny.
5: He's like, "Yeah, that was like his virtual hard on."
3: Yep, pretty much. <laughs> but you know, it kind of reminded me of,
5: and we're gonna go back to Looney Tunes
3: here, where you've got like the wolf, and oh, yeah. and he's like, and his tongue and he is started, "Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that, that's kind of this is kind of like the Dinobot version of that." Yeah, but I mean. Uh, Black Rackney has always been flirtatious. That's kind of her personality. Yeah, that's that's how she is. Uh, but I mean, here she's using it more effectively than we have seen her do it in the past because she's actually oh, playing not, her suitors against each other.
4: Yeah. yeah. Bumblebee can never shut up unless he is unconscious. <laughs> that stock, tran- stock transformation again. Oh. You know, that bothered me, uh, but by the end of the episode, it's
3: like, man, that was a weak episode. And it occurs to me that they just didn't have enough stuff going on here. They had to put two minutes of filler in. Like well, two like, minutes of stock footage well, you, for Optimus and Prowl and Bumblebee's transformations.
4: Well, it's like you said earlier, like, oh my god, not earlier today, but in an early, in an earlier episode, I think it was you or somebody, it was either you or Kevin, that doesn't like the the auto-transform-up-down thing. Okay the when they transform and it's not stock, you know what yeah. I mean?
3: No, I I don't mind that as long as it's not like a tornado.
4: Oh, that yeah. Well, yeah. I would that would have been so much easier and faster for them to get where they were supposed to go rather than go through the stock animation footage of hey, here's how to transform your toys, kids, that <laughs> you've seen all of season 1 and now majority of season 2.
3: Yeah, well, like I said, I don't think it was a situation where they wrote it into the script. I think they got done with the episode and said, "Wow, we just didn't have enough story. We're, we're, we have to put two minutes of filler in there."
4: Yeah. <laughs> Blahdy blah blah. Black Arachnia is still whistling the same old tune. She wants to be purged. purge her organic half. Um, best part of this episode: the Optimus Grimlock team up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I guess David Kay loves talking to himself. And the episode (laughs) audio for Black Friday is basically the Optimus Grimlock team-up. I couldn't resist because it's just so hilarious.
3: Uh, See, next Uh, we'll see a buddy cop spin-off with Optimus (laughs) Grimlock.
4: (sighs) The mutants are back. Oh, geez, I hate those. I hate Meltdown's mutants. (laughs) The pretenders. I don't know what uh, they're supposed to be. His his mutant lawyer and mutant accountant or whatever the fuck they are.
3: Yeah, they're, they're pretenders. It's, uh, uh uh was it Clubburst and Submarauder?
4: I don't even know. Ah, uh, you can look it up.
3: But yeah. the uh, pretenders, I thought, were eaten by the Donobots at the end of Survival of the Fittest.
4: Well, I guess they weren't.
3: Well, that's what I thought. I guess they weren't. But yeah. at the end of Survival of the Fittest... Uh, and I brought this up in the last in, in, for the podcast for that episode, but I'll rehash it here quickly. Uh, at the end, they're taking Prometheus Black away from yep. the island, uh, but you don't see what happens. The, you don't see no. You don't see the Pretenders, and you don't see um, what's the, what's the, the Crusher's name? Saul or something? I forget it.
4: Oh, um, Colossus Rhodes.
3: Yeah, you don't see uh, Colossus Rhodes. Yeah. So it's like, did the Dinobots eat them? Because the last thing mm-hmm. you see is the Dinobots advancing on them, like, we're going to eat you. Yeah, And and it's like, I, I think the Dinobots ate them. Because they're not on the boat. Where'd they yeah. go? Well, here they say, oh, well, clearly they must have gone into hiding and waited on the island for Prometheus Black to come back. But yeah. then that Leads right back into what happened to Colossus Rhodes. <laughs>
4: yeah, I
3: maybe mean, he got eaten. You know, he doesn't show up anymore.
4: Somebody call Ty Pennington because it's time for your extreme makeover. Oh
5: dear. <laughs> oh, that was awful. Ooh, bad. No, news. I'm Ooh. melting
4: away. What a world! What a world! <laughs> what
5: a world. You mean Wizard of Oz?
3: Numb nuts. No, it was a, that was the line. Extreme makeover.
4: Yeah. It's time the, the, for your extreme makeover. Yeah, over. yeah, the, and then I immediately went into a, after Steve started because I said somebody called Ty, somebody called Ty Pennington. As soon as I said that, Steve was like, "Boo!" I was like, "Okay, let's move on to the next line." My next note is, "No, I'm melting away. What a world! What a world!"
3: <laughs> oh, because melting gets <laughs> it's melted down meltdown, by a gen- genetic melted. modifier. Yeah, yep. yeah, that was.
4: You and know, then at the very end of the episode just like, which is like one of so his powers.
3: Stupid.
4: Yeah. And then at the very end of the episode which is so fucking stupid they show his face again where supposedly he's not melted away. Cuz they show his eyes coming back to life and I'm like seriously can't you people make up your damn minds?
3: Uh, he's actually one of the cooler of the human villains so well, you know they don't want they they to kill him off all
4: He's, he's like neon green and black Kool-Aid, whatever flavor that would be. <laughs> but he,
3: you know, he's, he's basically goo. I mean, he's goo in a suit. And and the idea is, you know, he should be able to disperse himself. And then come back like, I'm thinking like Sandman or Clayface, the Batman yeah. villain. He should Clayface, be like Clayface, yeah. where he can like, you know, he gets wet and he goes, oh, I'm melting. But then he gets dry again and he sucks right back up into his body. Yeah. That's true. That's what I figured.
4: So Steve, what do you have for the final episode today for Black Friday? The final one.
5: All right. Um this one I I, I like the the aspects with like Megatron and some of the the DinoBot Island parts. However, I don't really care for Prometheus Black all that much. I mean, I, I like him out of all the human villains we've got. I'd say he's th- the number one. But I, I still prefer an episode without them.
4: Yeah.
5: Um, but, yeah, I, I do kind of agree that it's kind of retarded that Prometheus Black can't kind of just go back into a one-form type thing. It's yeah. not like any other... <laughs> show where there's a mutant they can pretty much put themselves back together they don't stay liquid goo it's like ink from batman beyond yep and it's which is probably <laughs> where they took this from but uh uh yeah it's just kind of like blah <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's not a bad episode uh it could be worse it could be suv <laughs> Okay. So, so this this uh, uh, is enjoyable compared to that.
4: Wow. <laughs> All right, uh, Michael.
3: <laughs> okay then. Uh, I really thought that Steve was going to pick up on this, but um, at the beginning, I, I basically saw Prometheus Black as Hannibal Lecter because he's in his in, in his the
4: little, jail cell. Yeah, he's in his
3: glass bubble. Oh. And they're, they're they're going into the jail to talk to him. Yep. You know. Nobody flings Skunion on sorry on the way out
5: of
3: prison. Which was unfortunate, you know? It's like,
5: I can
4: smell your feet!
3: You know, one of those deals.
4: Uh,
3: (laughs) They gotta make the Silence of the Lambs uh, allegory complete. Um, The Dinobots take Meltdown's box.
4: What was that? That was Steve doing his tongue trick. (laughs) <laughs> my father means uh, stop it it
3: was a little late because uh, <laughs> I was already talking about the Dinobots taking the box uh, and Melton was not expecting that at all Yeah. but uh, the Dinobots then take the box drop it down a cliff and at the bottom of the cliff is Black Arachnia who's back uh, and it makes me wonder if everyone gets a turn in controlling the Dinobots it's like okay, we put the Dinobots on this island so they'll be safe, and then Prometheus Black comes along and takes control of them, and then Black Arachnia comes along and takes control of them. Uh, Megatron was on the island for a little while; he probably took control of them. We didn't know. No, he didn't. <laughs> we don't know that. Maybe he
4: did. He didn't. Uh, and you
3: know, and honestly, at the end of the episode, they basically show Prometheus Black alive on the island still with the Dinobots. Yeah. So it's like, would we see Survival of the Fittest again in Season 4? No. We don't, wow. Well, Let's hope not. We don't know. I don't know. Yeah. If a, a Black Erectia. Black. <laughs> she's just all, she's like using her sexuality as a weapon. She's like, my milkshake brings all the Dinobots to my yard. Because they're just dumb. I, I don't know how that song goes. I just know that this is the milkshake and the boys coming to the
5: yard.
4: I have no idea what you're talking about, so let's do all You
5: don't know that song either. Okay, alright, right, right. I know what Someone, you're talking about. I'm not going to sing that it. I've heard I it know enough that. times that I. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah,
4: I don't want to know. Let's I, just move
3: on. Someone's going to know. They're going to post a comment and say, I know. That was funny, damn it. Even though you don't know what you're talking about. Um, Meltdown Double Crosses Black arachnia. Because he wants to remove her mechanical half and use her spider side as a as a as a guinea pig, as a test for his uh, nefarious
4: his transforming organic human whatever the hell yeah
3: you know a transforming organic would just be awful I mean it it wouldn't be pretty at all and I'm
4: hello noble.
3: <laughs> exactly. The noble savage. I'm kind of getting a, a noble savage. I'm almost getting like a brundlefly vibe. But I think that's what the pretenders are supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. Oopsie. Fire bad. <laughs> As he burns down the entire island, you know?
4: Yeah.
3: The is not that big. No, it's not. Uh. Black Arachnia goads Grimlock into causing her diversion so mm-hmm. that she can escape. And again, using her sexuality to her advantage, you know, she's kind of, you know, putting her arms around Optimus and like, one last kiss before I die. And Grimlock gets so pissed off with jealousy that he runs Well, he does the, the, the wolf train thing. Yeah. And then he runs over and tackles Optimus. And Optimus is like, dude. You know? <laughs> How many times do I got to tell you? You know, the strippers are paid to be nice to you. Just stop it.
5: It's like <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> no. Uh
3: she doesn't love you. She's the Grimlock. first. She's paid to lady you. love
5: Grimlock best. Exactly. <laughs> you know it's sad you almost sound just like Grimlock too.
4: <laughs> that was the point. Uh, uh
3: I need to know if Steve can do Chris Rock, because that would be awesome.
5: I can't do Chris
3: Rock. Can't, can't do Chris Rock. Okay, because Porter C. Powell should have been voiced by Chris Rock. That would have been awesome. I can I can almost hear Chris Rock in some of his lines and it's like, you know, if all of his lines were Chris Rock, that this would have been a different show. I would I would have liked Porter Powell better if he would have been voiced by Chris Rock.
5: Well, it's the same thing we were getting at about uh about Sentinel. Exactly, yeah, yeah.
3: But that that would have been awesome. And I'm starting to hear Chris Rock in my head when Porter C. Powell is up there. It's kind of like you know the whole Arlie Ermy thing. Ah, uh, but that's uh, that's about it. I I didn't dislike this. Um, I just kind of felt like it was a throwaway. It didn't really progress the storyline. I mean, unless the whole point was to free uh meltdown out of yeah. jail which I, kind of a waste
4: yeah if that was the point it was an extreme waste at you know yeah. this is one of those throwaways that i don't care that it's a throwaway that it really adds nothing to the story and you have to think that there's going to be some throwaways in this season yeah. simply because of what happens at the at the season finale this time around uh, when we get to a bridge too close, because um, I mean, you have to have these slow episodes before you bring in this epic, epic story. So,
3: right. I mean, this is just one more chance to guess what kind of accent Meltdown has. <laughs>
4: like, what? What does he sound like? That's it's weird. It's Prussian German something I don't know. No, it's not.
3: It's almost like something like New Zealand, or you know, it's like a New Zealander that's lived in Vegas too long, or
4: it's it's New Zealand with the vocoder on it. (laughs) No, no,
3: I don't know. It's just a weird voice. I don't know how what it is exactly, but like halfway through the episode, I'm like, what does he sound like? That's really messed up, you know, and it was the same thing when they introduced it oh, and Survival of the He's been in three episodes already. Yeah, Overkill. Yeah, they, you know, they could have done something better here.
4: Total meltdown, Survival
3: of the Fittest, and this. This is like a Dark Glass episode here where it's like, you know, this could have been Dark Glass. What the hell, man? Why are we getting this? <laughs> well, we could know. have gotten something a lot more epic that would have progressed the storyline.
4: Anyways, alright, so I think that's going to do it this time around We're going to head to the quotes, the ads And I think we're going to Cybertron this week, I'm not sure So we'll have to see when we come back Here's quote number one
1: Vengeance will be mine Megatron
4: Here's quote number two
5: What
1: the EMP status cuffs back here and fight like
4: decepticons and quote number three electronic force field emitter a little something i picked
1: up in an arms deal with a vok of nexus zero nice creatures the vok if you're ever in the nexus zero area do yourself a favor and check them out you won't be sorry you can now hear our show on stitcher smart radio stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iphone android phone blackberry or palm phones on demand and on the go don't have stitcher download it for free today at stitcher.com or in the app stores stitcher smart radio the smart way to listen to radio Soundwave! Jam that transmission! Rumble frenzy, ravage rabbit, inject operation
4: interference. No, there will be no operation interference. I am TFG1 Mike and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show now co-host Pecan Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out!
1: Welcome to my throne room, Future Tales. The Beast Unleashed podcast is over, not gone. You can hear more of this great podcast discussing all the episodes of Beast Wars and Beast Machines on geekcastradio.com. We include voice actor and writer interviews with stellar hosting by Steve, Mike, and Michael Head on over to iTunes or the net,
5: or else I will send you my vehicles to extract your spark and destroy you. <laughs> yes.
1: Stan Bush here, and I dare you to check out Radio Free Cybertron.
0: This is Brian Kilby, host of Radio Free Cybertron, the original Transformers internet radio show and one of the world's first podcasts. First online in 1999. Yes, 1999. We've been doing this for a while. We are also the official podcast of Tformers.com and quite frankly, we're pretty awesome. So check us out, tfradio.net.
6: This is Optimus Solo, your Cybertronian correspondent, giving you my thoughts on this week's episodes of Transformers Animated. First one up, episode 23, or the seventh one of the second season, is A Fistful of Energon, written by Andrew Robinson, who you might remember was also the writer of one of season one's best episodes, Thrill of the Hunt. Um, This episode was actually very, very good. Again, another solid episode by Andrew Robinson. I love the whole uh, bounty on Starscream plot line. Um, I like that we had a lot of variety of people in this one. We had the Dinobots, we had Ultra Magnus, we had an Omega Supreme looking like uh, character as far as the ship goes. We have Lockdown. Um, Lockdown had a badass uh, ship too with the little uncloaking and cloaking and it just looked really cool. Um, I I did think that there was going to be more than just one bounty hunter. I mean, we basically had Lockdown and I guess you can consider Prowl a bounty hunter in this one, but It would have been cool if they would have used, like, a couple other new characters, just random Decepticons that were, you know, throughout space that were bounty hunter types. That would have been cool. Um, The Clone Seekers is cool, but the one problem I've always had with these guys, because I've seen little clips of these guys throughout the uh, series on different things, is that I hate that because they're clones they all have to have the same voice i mean i understand that's why they all have the same voice and kind of somewhat um similar look and everything else i mean you have to do that if you're a clone but uh the look's not so bad because we're used to seekers looking the same i just have a problem with the same voice being used for all of them and i don't even really like the voice in the first place so maybe that's one bad thing about it that bugs me but whatever i'll deal with it um another great thing about this episode is that there's really no humans involved so that's always a plus as far as the nitpicky stuff uh, the bird's nest from the beginning fell to the ground and apparently nothing was harmed in that so they could just place it back in the tree Uh, yet another use for Sari's Key it's a foot fixer as well um that Power Ranger anime-esque power-up scene. I I really don't like it, and they've used it a couple different times when Prowl puts on the mods and stuff. Why can't we use mods or or different things without having the whole stupid visual of it, like, powering them up and its freeze frame, and it's lights and cameras in action, and it's just so stupid. Um, The Spark to Spark line was really cool. Overall, I mean... I don't know. I don't understand the Dinobot sequence at the beginning. I don't understand why that was necessary. And it wasn't necessarily the greatest ending. It was kind of anticlimactic. But this was a very solid episode. I love the bounty on Starscream. I love the Prowl lockdown angle. So, overall, I'm actually going to give this one... I haven't done a half point yet before, but I can't quite give it an eight. So, I'm going to give this one a seven and a half out of ten. Andrew Robinson, I like his writing. Um, As for episode 24 or the eighth one in the second season, written by Dan Steffen, which is his first episode, so we've not seen him do anything before. The SUV Society of Ultimate Villainy. Um, title makes this seem like it's going to be absolutely awful. I'm picturing a bunch of human villains that are all terrible um together at last in a completely used-before-crime syndicate plotline. That's what the title gives me the the feeling of. And within minutes of watching the episode, my fears have been confirmed. We have Nanosec, Angry Archer, Professor Princess, and the new one Slow Mo. Um, The voices are decent with these guys, and they do a good job of playing off of each other. They're probably better in this group setting, but it's still terrible that we have all these human villains uh, involved and I finally realized why I don't like nanosec nanosec I, it's brain like uh, a moment of, of, of zen here nanosec is Mike nanosec is Mike he came up with the acronym name and all SUV society of ultimate villainy boo um the Vok I thought that was an interesting uh throw in there the mention of the Vox, so that's cool swindle i love um he's a cool robot mode he's a cool car mode the minus the inflated head i could deal without the inflated head but i really like swindle but this is just an example they talk about him being a bounty hunter so he easily could have been introduced in the previous episode when there's bounty hunters going after starscream just like a little cameo in that episode and then have this episode that focuses more on him that would have been a better way to do that um so, slow-mo should be dead, because she falls through a floor to her death at one point in this episode, but apparently she comes right back from that. So, maybe she was able to slow-mo herself, so she didn't crash into the, the floor there. And, uh, did I just really see Professor Princess sit on Nanosex's face? Ew. Um, yeah, this episode was bad. Four out of ten. Let's move on. Episode 25 number nine in the second season on auto boot camp written by michael ryan this reminds me of some of the titles of g1 episodes where you just knew it was going to be bad like auto bop um michael ryan's written three episodes home is where the spark is and the two headmasters i haven't given a single one of his episodes a score above a five yet so i'm not really looking forward to this episode We have the introduction of Waspinator. Terrible Waspinator voice, both before and after, uh, you know, both at the beginning of the episode and at the end of the episode. Neither voice I liked for Waspinator. Um, I'm still confused as to why they keep bringing Beast Wars characters in. I love that they bring Beast Wars characters in as far as they're badass characters, and I love the Beast Wars characters. But it makes no sense to have Beast Wars characters in this universe. I know they're just trying to, like, you know, pay homage to all the different uh, generations of fans and appeal to everybody. But it makes no sense to have these characters here. Um, it was pretty obvious that the Double Crosser was not Waspinator. It was very obvious that it was Longarm the entire time. As it was obvious that Longarm was Shockwave. Uh, that was not a shock at all. At the end, his voice sounded like Shockwave at the beginning. They did a terrible job of of making that. Um, non-obvious, I guess, is the best way to see it. Um, I do like the flashbacks as far as, uh, I'm a fan of flashbacks in general Uh, the whole boot camp thing with uh, Sentinel Miner as a drill sergeant, Longarm, Ironhide as recruits with Waspinator, Bumblebee, and Bulkhead um, it was kind of lame Number one, it's lame because it made it seem like that's where they got their names. What were they called before that then? Um, number two, it was lame because of the whole drop and giving me 20 transform-ups or, or, or constantly making the Transformers do what they're calling transform-ups, which is just transforming back and forth in like a push-up fashion. What the fuck? Um, I, I did like the little cliff jumper sighting. That was a, a positive. It, I don't know, it wasn't a terrible episode. I, I like the whole long arm shockwave angle, even though it was obvious. So I'm not going to give this as bad of a score as I thought I was going to at the beginning. Um, uh, but I'm still not giving Michael Ryan anything above a five. So this one gets a four out of ten, just like the last episode. Couple doozies here. I was so excited after the uh, the first episode of Fistful of Energon, but it's gone downhill from there. Let's see how we finish out this week with Black Friday, written by Rich Fogel, episode twenty six. Black Friday makes me seem like we're going to do an episode here about uh, shopping before Thanksgiving. Fogel is all over the map. He's had one bad, one medium, one good episode. He did uh, Lost and Found, Elite Guard, and the first Total Meltdown, and what would you know that this one is also a Meltdown episode. Um, I don't mind Meltdown. He's probably one of the best villains we've seen as far as the uh, human-esque villains. He does sound at times in this episode a little like Sea Spray or Merman, um, but I have no problem with that. It was kind of fun to, to listen to. Overall, this was a decent episode. The black arachnia trying to get rid of her organic, the meltdown trying to make her completely robotic, uh, the whole extreme makeover, even though they didn't have to use that line, was a decent thing, um... And the whole Dinobots angle, I guess, works. It seems like they just want to throw the Dinobots in wherever, even though sometimes it's not necessary. But I'll get past that. Um, My biggest complaint on this one, the biggest what-the-fuck moment, was every time fire came out of Grimlock's head. That was absolutely stupid. And for that, I'm not going to give this episode quite as high a mark as I would. I'll give it a 5 out of 10. So we have a 4, a 4, a 5, and a a 7.5. I'm still waiting... For this series to get good and be consistent it has its moments but it also has a lot of shit so far so that does it for this week's Cybertronian Correspondence I'll see you next time
1: That sounds crazy,
4: thank you Kevin for that uh, insightful clip uh, I guess we're just gonna agree with you this week <laughs> thank you for joining us here on transformation animation podcast there are several ways to get in contact with us to leave feedback for the show visit the website geekcastradio.com leave the show's feedback in itunes please do this no new itunes this week uh follow us on twitter the short name there is tfa podcast minus tfg On mike steve what is your twitter scp21 and michael
3: i forgot it oh wait it's <laughs> CT michael
4: you forget your own fucking Twitter name. I, right I
3: completely drew a blank. I'm like, that's uh, on C.T. Michael.
4: <laughs> Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash GeekCast Radio Network. We are now up to 271 fans. Thank you to everybody. Woohoo! Call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Transformation Animation Podcast and wish you'll join us next time when we'll be reviewing the final three episodes from Transformers Animated Season 2. Those being Sorry No One's Home, where apparently Kevin McAllister makes an appearance, and A Bridge Too Close Two-Parter. For now, I am TFG and Michael with... Michael Wilson. Steve Megatron Phillips. We'll tap you again next
3: week. All right. I'm going to get myself some more A&W cream soda.
5: That's what she said. Tasty, tasty.
1: Curse you, Megatron! What does it take
5: to destroy you?
1: Oh, well. Plenty more where they came from. Transform and roll out.